Hello, I'm Michael Heyman, and you're listening to Changemakers. Since 2009, the Amos Bursary has been helping Britain's talented young people of African and Caribbean heritage who attend state schools from challenging environments. The goal has been this, to help them fulfil their academic potential, attend top universities, secure good professional jobs, and give back to society. Its inspiration is the renowned humanitarian and educationalist Baroness Valerie Amos and her sister Colleen Amos, who has recently been awarded an OBE for her inspiring work as a charity CEO. This is the story of two pioneering sisters putting their minds, talents and time to work to make a difference for a new generation. Colleen Valerie, welcome to Changemakers. Absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Do let me start with um, a quote from your father, who I know is a great inspiration to, to your work, that education is not a guarantee of wealth, but it is against abject poverty. Colleen, do, do pick up the story there in terms of that quote and why it means so much to you. Yeah, that quote was really important um, for us as a family. Education was was always at the heart of everything that we did. Um, and my father was a teacher. My mother was a teacher. She didn't teach in the UK, but um, she was a trained teacher. Um, I'm a teacher. My son's a teacher. My sister worked um, in in education. Um, we've made that switch to the dark side. Um, and so you can see why we believe that education is the linchpin um, mm. progress and social mobility. I mean, it sounds like you grew up in in a, an amazing family environment, Valerie. In terms of you know, I, I, I was reading that, that, that the family motto of family first that they, you know there were parents with a, a really strong sense of what they wanted for, for you and your brother. Um, that actually there, there was a real ethos there. What, what did you make of it, Valerie, growing up um, in that environment? It was very much an ethos of uh, excellence that you can achieve whatever you want to achieve if you put your mind to it. And I think we thrived in that environment. It wasn't always uh, easy. I mean, I remember uh, once coming home uh, very, very proud that I've got 98% in some test or other, and my father saying, well, if you can get 98, you can get 100, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but it was, but it was, but it was excellent in a very supportive environment. I mean, I think Colleen and I would both say that our parents are very much uh, the people who were there through our childhood, helped us uh, in that move from Guyana to Britain. I mean, as a child, it's exciting to move, but it's not uh, easy. Uh, they were very much our role models, and they were there for not just for us, but for our friends as well. It was a very open uh, family. Discussions, debate, lots of uh, food around, lots of laughter, uh, dancing, uh, but also this real commitment to education and to excellence. They supported us in so many ways um, with that, and and I remember days when um, I was I needed a lot of support and my parents my mother particularly would sit with me and help me to revise for exams and um, you know just knowing that you had that person there behind you or who would fight battles for you when you were at school um, that was just so important or my father who gave me the right direction when I was um, 18 and wanted to go to um, teacher training college and you know he was inspirational and and directed mm. me to go to university, um, and I've never looked back. I, I think having that guidance and support was fundamental for us. 
I mean, very sadly, your, your, your mum and dad died a very short period of time apart. And in, in many ways, the Amos bursary was um, something to honour that legacy. It, it, it sounds from reading it like it was also something to honour their character, was it, in terms of the ideals and in terms of, you know, many of the, I guess, the sort of the values that you were seeking to help others um, find and benefit from. Very much so. I mean, they believed in us and they believed that if we really wanted something and worked hard enough, that it was possible. And we wanted those values, those principles, that sense of being a family. Uh, the Amos Bursary very much is a family. It's grown tremendously. We've supported a lot of uh, young men, but it's also been a family in the sense of a large number of volunteers, of mentors, people who give their time and work for free because they believe in what we're doing and they believe in the young people that we're working with. So that sense of community, of family, of looking out for each other, of being there for each other is very, very important in the diversity. And in terms of just thinking about legacy and about your own backstory, both born in Guyana, um, both coming to the UK as part of the Windrush generation, in terms of, I guess, that kind of experience, that kind of start in life, in terms of what you have taken out of it for today, in terms of the type, the kind of work um, that you are doing. You've mentioned with young men, but this year it'll be with young women also. Colleen, g- give us a sense of that heritage um, in terms of what came next um, and what you've yeah. taken out of it. So our parents were part of the Windrush generation and they came to the UK because they wanted to give us um, not just a better life because we had a, um, a, a fantastic life in Guyana, but it was more around education for our family. The Amos Bursary is rooted in the values that the Windrush generation brought to the United Kingdom. That passion for education, that determination to do um, to do better for the next generation, um, the feeling of pride of where you of where you came from and who you are, and the whole thing about about family was just so important to that generation. And, and you know, I think that for us as the Amos Bursary, that, those were the things that were at the roots. My parents used to mentor so many young people. They didn't call it mentoring at that time, but that was what they were doing. And the volunteers that we have in the bursary at the moment, they are all people who were with us right from the beginning, who knew my parents, who... Um, have the same, the same, share the same vision and the same values as us. And I think that that's one of the things that makes the bursary so strong. That cadre of people who started with us in 2009 and who are still with us in 2020. I mean, Valerie, they often talk about, um, you know, are ambitious people born or are they made? Is it the experience or is there something that just luckily comes up in your, in your DNA? I mean, you know, the two of you are such a phenomenal powerhouse of achievement I mean you know we could just reel off the the first that you've both you know sort of um reeled off in 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 um in public and private life in education in politics in government in international relations so so was it family was it being said do you think it was was that the mix that helped create that kind of ambition culture in in your life 
So, Michael, I think it was all of those things and more. So I think that there is an experience of being a migrant coming to a country that's really strange for you, but coming to a country as part of a family and our parents really looking out for us, a strong belief and understanding of where we came from uh, and really helping us to overcome uh, stereotyping. There was a lot of stereotyping uh, when we were uh, growing up, you know, lots of misinformation about where we would had come from, who we were about, and our parents really fighting for us, but also giving us the tools to fight for ourselves. Colleen and I have been very, very close. We've always been close. I call her my closest friend, as well as Colleen being uh, my sister. Uh, there are lots of things that we uh, disagree about and argue about, but no one, there is no one that can come between the two of us. And we have had some extraordinary experiences um, as sisters. And I think that Colleen will say, my being uh, the eldest, she benefited from some of that because she was allowed to come out to uh, parties, for example, at a much earlier age than I was allowed to. Because she was able to come uh, with me. Um, and of course, that strong sense of family was also there. I'm sure, Colleen, that, that listeners will want to know what flapped the unflappable Baroness Amos, sort of like revered diplomat, um, sort of. I mean, what is that? What flaps? Do you know my sister doesn't flap? Because the one thing that I've learned about my sister is that she has very strong beliefs. Um, she's very focused. Um, and for me, you know, having that, it was like a safety net. We, came, we were in UK. It was the only two of us. We were in, a, in um, first of all, in primary school together. And then we were the only two black girls in the secondary school together. And she was my safety net. Um, my sister taught me so much. You know, I think I would have been the, a, a, the rebel in, in the family um, if I didn't have my sister there as my rock. And she kept me on track, but she also showed me how to have a good time. And I can assure you that, you know, nobody can beat my sister on the dance floor, you know. Um, we both love music. We both love um, reading. Uh, and those are the things that really kept us you know, together and strong. Yeah, I have to say, Colleen, I did, I did see your lockdown list that accompanies this episode, and there's, there's a lot of good dance music in there. <laughs> what she's not telling you, Michael, is that when we were in school, she kept calling me goody-goody, Michael. She was rude to me when we were growing up. Don't prove everything that you Oh, she really, but I, you know what? I Inside, I really loved it, because if she wasn't a goody-goody, then we'd have trouble when we got home. And so she always found a way to get me out of trouble. Right. Well, let's 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 go back though. Let's. So you both mentioned growing up young. Um, you mentioned the stereotyping, and and of course, I suppose this then comes on to your your work today with the Amos Bursary, where you talk about changing the narrative. Um, and I thought this. I thought that 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 sort of that phrase about the narrative was really important. Tell us a bit about that narrative as you experienced it, and. Then let's bring it up to date in terms of what you're doing today in terms of in terms of addressing it. So maybe, Valerie, if you talk about the, the backdrop and then, Colleen, maybe about the work of, of the bursary uh, per se. But, but, but Valerie, what, what was your experience of it growing up? So we grew up um, just into Kent. Um, 
I was the first black girl at the grammar school I went to. Colleen was the second. There were very few uh, black people around. We were, people would look at us and you could see that they had never actually seen a black person uh, before. When we first arrived in the UK and we went to primary school, we were automatically put in the bottom class. We weren't tested. Nobody took any uh, uh, notice of who we were, tried to get a sense of uh, what we knew before determining what should happen to us. And the reason that that changed is because, you know, the next day, the very next day, my mother went straight to the school and she found out that we had learned nothing all day, that in fact we had done uh, nothing all day to actually challenge uh, what had gone on and to ask them to test her children and to see uh, where we should be put. And I think growing up, one of the things that really stood out for me um, was a feeling that as black people, as we became uh, more integrated to British society, that uh, the stereotyping, the discrimination, the narrative and the way that we were talked about, that that would change as people really understood who we uh, were and are as people and the contributions that we could make to society. Now, I'm not saying that nothing has changed. Of course, a lot of change has changed. But that stubborn discrimination, you know, the racism that continues to frame our society, I'm still shocked uh, by it today. And of course, uh, we saw what happened with uh, Black Lives uh, Matter. So for us, you know, growing up, being successful, uh, making our way through society, but still seeing that it was a minority that was almost as it was a, uh, allowed to achieve as opposed to what was happening to the majority. And particularly the way that our young men were represented in uh, education, were represented in the criminal justice uh, system, the, the stereotypes that abounded um, about them, all of this uh, backdrop helped us in terms of our thinking about the legacy we wanted as a result of our parents coming over to the UK, what they wanted for us and what they wanted for the black community more generally. And this is a passion uh, for me, it's a passion for Colleen. Yes. So, so I want to talk about that work in terms of the work of the Amos Bursary. I mean, I mean the, the, the phrase there that really stood out, stubborn discrimination, um, Colleen, in terms of, I guess, the backdrop, give us a sense of your work um, with the bursary um, in terms of the work that you actually do to address some of this. But also, I guess, the role modelling and the stories that, that change perception and move things on. OK, so the Amos bursary um, does four things. The first thing is that we encourage us to um, to build on the fact that they're all academically excellent or that they are talented um, young men who come from challenging environments, but that is not their focus. Their focus is their talent and how they're going to build on that talent um, to ultimately enter the career of their dreams. The second thing is about the motivation. You know, if you, are, have, if you wake up every morning and you know that every morning at the back of your mind, um, you're thinking about not your safety, but how you are going to have to make others feel safe around you. 
as a young black man, that is a weight to carry with you every day. So a big part that we have to play is to give them the motivation and the mindset to realize their greatness. Um, and we use um, psychometric tools to do that and a lot of um, work with, with mentors and mentees to give them that confidence that they require. It's about opportunities and experiences. And our young men, um, because of the environments that they come from, do not have access to those kind of experiences. We make sure that um, they are able to have international experiences, attend conferences, anything that will um, build their confidence, build their profile, and um, ensure that employers see them as employers of choice. Um, and the last thing is about support. So we provide them with inter with um, mentors. We have a very robust development program. Um, we have a careers advisory service. All of these things pull together to make sure that at the end of the day, those young men, when they come through and they've been with us for five years, they can change the narrative. They become the role models for the future. They become the future leaders for the community. Um, they are the young men who are the pipeline that all of these organisations for years have been saying do not exist. Um, and also the education institutions. When I talk about the education institutions, I'm talking about the Russell Group and the, and the top um, universities. So the Amos bursary is about empowering the young men to become the best that they can be. Right. And when, and when they arrive, um, do, do you find that, that you've got positive optimists who are just looking to be unleashed or are there, are there broader challenges that you've got about self-belief and about an optimism for the future because of the sustained um, stereotyping, the sustained discrimination, that stubborn discrimination that you found? How, how do you find those, those, those kind of bursary students in terms of mindset and where they arrive on the programme? You know, our students um, cover the full spectrum. So we will have students on the programme who um, have been expelled from school 25 times. Um, but because they, they themselves believe in themselves, they will apply to the bursary. We have um, young men on the programme who have had to hold back who they are. Um, to become successful because of the school environment that they are in. So I would say that there is not one type of young man that comes to the bursary. What we do is that we have a look at all of the challenges that they faced. We look at their academic ability. Um, we look at their, their potential. Um, and all of that helps us to select the young men who get onto the programme. Mm. Valerie, you, you as as a leader have been... Um, phenomenal, extraordinary in your career. First black woman to serve as a cabinet minister, head of a university or head of an Oxford college. So many um, firsts that you've achieved. Yet in an earlier answer, you, you did refer to the fact of, you know, things may 
have changed, but that doesn't necessarily mean that things have got better. When you look at the world in 2021, how hopeful and and positive do you feel about it in terms of the ability of things like your own bursary um, to really make the difference um, at, at that societal level? I feel very positive. And the reason that I feel positive is because I'm around young people all the time. And whilst I think this is an extraordinarily challenging time for them, we know how difficult 2020 uh, has been. We've got the start of 2021, which for many of them is no easier than 2020. We've seen the uh, you know uphill battle some of them have had to fight to come through Uh, education, to move on uh, to university, the constraints that they have had uh, to live under. And yet, they are passionate about the world they live in. They really care. Um, They want to live in a better world. They're prepared to do the work to get them there. We saw last year, you know, those major movements, Black Lives Matter, the environmental uh, movement, our young people really saying to us, uh, What kind of world have you created and what kind of world are you leaving for us to manage to lead? So that's why I'm optimistic, because I see the commitment, I see the talent, but I also worry because I think there are huge pressures that our young people are under. And we have to be very, very careful to make sure that we give them the right kind of support to bring them through these extraordinary times that they're living in. You know, look at what's happening to our economy. Uh, The employment opportunities will be uh, pushed right back in terms of those young people, just as uh, one example. Mm. I mean, Colleen, uh, I had a young activist um, that I interviewed in an earlier show, Cephas Williams. He, He runs an initiative called 56 Black Men. And it was at, it was at the the heart of the um the summer it was um right right in the middle of the black lives matter marches and he said the thing is we've been here before we get to the point where we think change is happening we think that we've got the attention we've got the momentum and then something recedes and the change doesn't really ever happen in the way we believe it might do do you identify with that we're now in the sort of first sort of quarter, the winter of 2021, is, is, is enough changing on the back of a major moment like that to give you real encouragement? Um, I think that as an, as an organisation, we do have um, a reason uh, to hope. Um, we saw as a result of um, the death of George Floyd, the Amy Cooper incident, and also Black Lives Matter, that people really do want to make a difference. Organisations do want to make a difference. And so, um, for you know, for us, what we will always say as an organisation is we have hope. Uh, and, and that's a quote that's taken from one of our young men when he was speaking to a group of our scholars and um, they were very concerned with everything that was going on. And his ending statement was, you know, we have hope. So we, we, our mindset is always about being optimistic and about being positive. And we, and we are going to speak with um, 
uh, one of your uh, one of those success stories, Richard Butler, um, who is the the interview uh, that will accompany this episode. Ten years of of stories very much like Richard's. When when you look to what you hope happens next, when I'm thinking about the sort of the future as a sort of a um, a final thought, Valerie, in terms of where things are going. Yeah, well, we started off with um, seven young men in 2009, um, and today we have over 200 young men on the programme. Um, this year, we're going to be introducing young women. So we, so for us, that's going to be a real step forward. Um, we know that it's going to be a very difficult time, but our role will be to ensure that our young people make the most of all of the learning opportunities that will be available to them, make the most of all of the um, corporates who are now working with us, and that's over 20 who have now signed up to support the Amos bursary, um, and to make sure that we continue to provide that pipeline. We will not stop. We know our young people to date have been underestimated. They've been underrepresented. Um, and we will change that trajectory. But the hardest thing, Michael, from my perspective, is sustaining the change. You know, the comment that that young man uh, made to you, which is that you get to a particular point and you don't go any further forward. And I have seen that throughout my career. It is so hard to move forward and so easy to slide back. And I think the thing that our young people have learned um, and that we did not take in, pay enough attention to is how easy it is to slide back, how hard you have to work to sustain the change, to maintain the momentum and to move forward. I am so proud of the work that Colleen is doing with the Amos Bursary because every single one of the young people who has come through the bursary is staying on with us as uh, an alumni. They are making sure that the lessons that they have learned, they are passing on to future generations. They are there to support uh, each other. We have a, uh, a student last year who was having a challenging time at university. Um, another uh, former student got on a train, uh, went to his university, stayed with him for the weekend to give him support. That is what those young people are doing for each other. And they recognize that they have to do that. They have to really push through all the barriers that are put in their way. So and I'm confident that they're going to do it because they have learned from the mistakes that we made. They understand how you bring about change in society. They know it's hard. They're determined and they're going to do it. I'm just saying, I mean, you, I mean, you are both extraordinary human beings, if, I'm, if I may say. And I'm wondering if 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 your if your mum and dad were here now to see where where you've taken this idea to, and you know, the the two of you as just such such driven, go getting people that are have achieved so much with your lives. What what do you think they do you think they'd say if they were listening to this show? A final thought, perhaps from from both of you, um, Colleen, then Valerie. Well, I think that my father would be sitting upstairs in his rocking chair, looking out of the window, 
um, rocking back and forth, and he would be smiling, non, not saying a word, but just smiling to himself. And I think my mother would be talking to her friends on the phone um, and trying not to be the too proud mum, but sharing all of the things that we're doing as an organisation. I, I can see them both doing that. Valerie, I'm, I'm presuming you've, you've got a view about, I'm thinking about that exam point, about 98%, you need to still get 100. What, what, what would you take out of it? I think that they would be immensely proud. I completely agree with Colleen. They'd be immensely proud, but they'd also say that they expected no less. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Um, Thank you very much there to my guests, Baroness Valerie and Colleen Amos, advocates, activists, sisters and changemakers. And I'm absolutely sure that their, that their parents would have been very proud and have expected no less because this has been the story of the mission to make a difference to the lives of young people of African and Caribbean heritage that by securing great jobs and instilling an ethos of giving back, we really do pay it forward. And in doing so, we can change that narrative. I think that means finding more ways to deliver opportunity and more effort to help realise the incredible potential of the next generation. And thanks very much to those dynamic sisters. And we'll see you next time for The Changemakers. <laughs>